guys, my name is Destiny J, and I am the host of the Parlay Podcast. Parlay Podcast. On this show, we talk about random stuff that's happening in the world, and it could be anything. Hey, welcome back. So we're just going to get it cracking. We're just going to get it started. We're talking about Colin Kaepernick. We're talking a little bit about LeBron. And we're also going to talk a little bit about about um, the uh, election that's coming up. And so without further ado, let's just start this off by talking about Colin Kaepernick. So he is about to have his day in court with the NFL owners. And this is probably what he's been waiting for the entire time that he's been getting blackballed. He just wanted an opportunity to work. They wouldn't let him work because he knelt on the football field against um, police brutality and the way blacks are treated in America. So I guess he submitted some proof that he was actually blackballed and that people were conspiring against him and him not being able to work. So congrats to him. My only question is, for the people that support him, what are they going to get out of it and what is he going to get out of it? Because the only outcome I see is that they give him money, which does nothing for the actual cause of how black people are treated in this country. So there's that little piece. I guess that's something that we can think about. Um, you know, how what is it going to actually do for the reason why he was kneeling in the first place? That's a valid-ass question. If you don't think so, um, I don't care. Moving on. We're going to talk about uh, LeBron. So he has a new show called The Shop. And... You know, for lack of better words, people are pissed right now. People, white people especially, because he dropped a couple niggas in, in the show. And, you know, he was just saying how, you know, he had to learn how to act and learn how to deal with white people, learn how to act around white people. And everybody is switching up on him saying, oh, I'm now I'm a fan of Kobe's and I'm not a LeBron fan because I don't like the fact that he didn't grow up around white people and blah, 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 which who cares? Like LeBron is an athlete. He is not a politician. He is not anything more than an athlete. He's very good at playing ball. And this goes back to the whole thing where you know Trump was telling him to shut up and dribble you know not him specifically but him as in you know NBA athletes because they always feel like they need to speak out against other things but in all reality they just want to have these athletes shut up and dribble the ball you know which is which is fine like you're entitled to that you are super entitled to that but I think when it comes down to people having an opinion and people stating how they really feel, a lot of people aren't ready for that truth because that, that truth is rock hard. Everybody thinks that LeBron is for, you know, everybody. And now they're noticing that LeBron is not for everybody. And you can simply see this because a lot of people don't like what he's saying. But this show is, this is his truth. And he's living in his truth and he's speaking about things that he wants to talk about on his show. So just because he opened a school and just because he's doing all these other things does not make him less of who he really is. And white people always want the, you know, white approved version of everybody. So they can say, yeah, I like that black guy. Not all black guys, but just that one. 
So when you step on their toes, they feel some type of way, which I don't care. I, I think everybody that, that is in their feelings about this are Trump supporters anyway. So I'm just speaking on what I read and not necessarily on what I saw because I didn't watch it. But I don't think that based on what I read, I don't I don't see the problem. So people are, you know, saying that they're not fans of his because he's being the person that he is and the person that he's probably always been. But I don't understand how you can switch and say, oh, no, I'm not a LeBron fan. I'm a Kobe fan when Kobe allegedly raped somebody. So you're just going to go to the extreme now. We don't know if he really raped somebody, but, you know, that's that's very extreme to say the least. So, yeah. Ah, moving right along. Uh, Andrew Gillum. So congrats. 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 Um, he won the Democratic primary election for governor. So we'll see how it's looking in November. But. I know everybody went out and voted and they did what they did and that's all fine and good. Like you guys feel like you helped him get to this place, which you, you may or may not have. Um, I just don't share the same sentiments as a lot of people do when it comes to voting, but that's fine because that's my business. Um, I just want to know, is he a black mayor or is he a mayor that's black? Because there's, there's a huge, huge difference. And one being that a black mayor has a sworn duty to help black people. And a mayor that's black doesn't. So I hope that he pans out to be the mayor that you guys want and that you guys need. Um, you know, I don't really have a strong opinion about politics one way or the other. So, um, but that's just me and I'm entitled to that. Um, and don't ask me why, because I don't have to explain to you. But um, that's just what I wanted to know. Now it's time for the one-on-one -on -one portion where we get to talk, relax, and get intimate with this conversation. Oh, she out here holding on a podcast. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to do an interview. So, hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Parlay with Destiny J. And I have a, another special guest, Miss Cece Peniston. She has... She is a musical legend, like to say the least. Everybody knows your song finally. And we are just excited to have you here and to talk about some of the things that you've been involved with, you know, during your musical career. So without further ado, how are you doing? I'm doing well, just running around today, just been a crazy busy day, just, you know, how the life of entertainment is, meeting with lawyers, running around, having, look, some normal days, hanging out with your girlfriends and lunch and dealing with life. How about that? Life is on me right now, so I'm dealing with that. Some good, some bad. <laughs> yeah, well, at least we know that you're human. So. Yes, all day, all day. So at least we know that part. Well, I like I said before, I thank you so much for joining us um, today. We are very excited to to kind of hear some things from you. So we know that you're on tour right now, and we'll we'll talk about this towards the end so everybody can get the information. Um, but finally, it's still popping out here. It's thank you. It's still popping, and it's it's funny because how how often are you asked um, for your record to be sampled? 
You know, it's funny. It's, the signing's been sampled a lot. Probably some things we know of and other stuff, they probably done cut and pasted a couple little things. Like, mm-hmm, think slick. <laughs> but, like, the most recent thing that I know about is the Travis Scott Whole Lot of Loving. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't know that he's uh, DJ Mustard used, like, probably 32 seconds of finally. When he goes, finally, banana, I can go when I need, when I'm awake in the morning. That's all, like, part of finally my song. Uh-huh. But what it does is good because it brings another generation of people to my music, who, which came out in the 90s. So Absolutely. that makes it good. Good day. Yes. Absolutely. Because I think on YouTube, when, when people, you know, like, of the caliber of Travis Scott and Drake's and stuff like that, they always break down the samples that were used on their albums when they come out. And I think that right. that's good because it really kind of highlights some of this music that's that's really untapped to the newer generation because they don't know. They weren't around. They don't know. Um, I was born a, a few years before your song came out, but my mom played it and we always knew what it was and we always knew that you sang it. Like, but it's always been around. That's that's how monumental this song is. This is this is a colossal because everybody knows it. And when white people know your stuff, you know you're in there. <laughs> Look, and that's what I appreciate. It's like you know, I had no idea um, um, when finally came out. I was like 21, so you know, I just started writing and doing music, and you don't really know what you have at the time. It's like, oh, I'm writing poetry because people don't understand me. They don't get me. And then it was like, no, you don't understand. You have a hit. A month later, I was traveling the world doing um, doing tour, right? So then, when um, when I realized, like, not only like straight people love the song, gay people love the song, black folks, you know, it was just like it was like a whole bunch of different people. And now there's a whole another generation of you know the millennials who are getting to know finally, you know, through commercials. It was just on like Claws and Money Market, MoneySupermarket.com, and went viral with the little toy figures dancing mm-hmm. and finally <laughs> and they took their clothes off. I was like, they're Virginia girl. They were boging and going on. I was like, okay, come on. That's what's up. So, yeah. So I'm, 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 you know, I'm blessed. Absolutely. Because you, you know, you have a song that has longevity and everybody wants that, but not everybody gets that. They always say, you know, and it's funny because I've seen some people like you see Mariah who has like 80 songs and has been on the charts and I have that one song. But you know what? Like you said, not everyone gets that one song. They said, hey, but if you have that one song that every, everyone wants to hear over and over again, that's when you're in there. Right. It's money forever because you can always tour and you can always get money because people are always going to want to hear that song. They remember yes. where they were at. When the song came out, you know, it's it's reminiscent of whatever times that they were in, you know, so people people like to hear things that remind them of other things. You know, what's funny is that other people's songs are like that for me. It's like I hear other people's songs and I'm like, dang, that's my cut. I remember when that came out. I remember I was here when I did this like. People don't know this, but um, Denise Williams' song, Let's Hear It For The Boys, I got my first kiss in the stairwell at what, TGB? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, people don't know. I was like, I was like, that was a song that was on. And so now like I'll forever have that memory. You know what I mean? So people, other people do it for you. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, though, around the time when Finally came out, who was your competition? 
Um, you know what? It was me, Crystal Waters, Robiness. It was like Kim Sims, Shantae Savage. All of us were all times because it was like dance and house music all at one time. Mm-hmm. And because um, Robin had show me love, Crystal had 100% pure love, and she's homeless, 100% uh, gypsy woman, remember? Mm-hmm. And so when we came out, it was like, oh, wait a minute. We haven't heard this song before. You know, I had the data ums and and Crystal had la da la da right? And then Robin had her, you know, she had her her flow was showing me love with the long note as long with as long with me. I was doing the long note too, you know. So it was just like it was just like one of those things that um and you have to excuse me, I'm running around walking, so I'm multitasking. It was one of those things that when people heard it, they were like, Oh snap, we got this new sound, ninety sound of dance and house music, which there was like disco in the eighties. But this was like the 90s dance. It was like dance left house. Mm. All at the same time. And that's when the the balls and everything were still going on in New York with the um with the LGBT community. And so I'm pretty sure I'm certain that, you know, your song was played in the balls with the LGBT you know, when Vogan was a huge thing. Girl, they might as well wrap me in a flag of rhinestones, okay? Because I was, <laughs> I was like at every pride, and not only at every pride, I was doing a lot of overseas stuff, Japan and London and Amsterdam, and you know, just all over the place. So definitely a blessing. So, what was your favorite part um, when you went on tour? Where was your the favorite your favorite place where you toured at? For me, I would have to say like Japan and then like when I went to Dubai, also London. London and Amsterdam are so much fun. What made them fun? Amsterdam is just like free-spirited and I felt like like the fashion, the flow, the clothes, London the same way, although I hated the food. I lost like 10 pounds when I came home. (laughs) (laughs) My mom was like, you dropped weight. I said, ugh. I said the food. I said I can't do the hot dogs with the beans in the morning with the, with the sausage with the you know blood sausage. You know I can't do it. And she was laughing at me. That's um, funny. And in Japan, they like really love R and B music. It's like music never gets old there. And then Dubai is just beautiful. I just had a great time. I rode a camel. That's and then up. so it was great. Yeah, a lot of us will never ride a camel in our lifetime. So <laughs> consider yourself. Another thing, you know what I love too? Another place, um, Indonesia. And this was just recently and I rode an elephant while I was there. And wow. that was a beautiful experience as well. Something I always wanted to do. It was actually on my vision board. That's that's cool. That is cool, man. Because some, like, just not everybody is fortunate. Not everybody is able to get to those places. But, you know, you were able to see those things and your career took you there. So that's that's a, another amazing fact in itself because people wish for this. People wish for you know your career and that longevity that you have. So I'm just well, just know that I don't take it lightly. Like for me, I know my boy was with me. We rode the elephant together. His name is Byron. He's one of my best friends, and he was laughing at me. He was um he was with me, and he was like. He looked at me. He was like, "Are you crying?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Why?" I said, "Because it means a lot to me." I said, um, ever since I saw the movie Eat, Pray, Love, I wanted to ride an elephant and now it's here. So that was a really big blessing for me. Right. Absolutely. You can just see your dreams, you know, come to play and come to fruition in front of your eyes. And it's like a lot of times it's like you you never thought you wanted to do it, but you never thought that you would actually be doing it. 
Right, right. So yeah, that will bring tears to your eyes for real. If anybody has ever experienced that type of emotion and that just that type of energy, it'll bring tears to your eyes every single time. Right. And I'm very sentimental, although people don't think that sometimes I really, really am. They're like, you act so hard sometimes. I'm like, I'm a big old baby. You just don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So let's fast forward a couple years. I want to talk about um, two shows that you were on that I know of. And uh, we can we can start with the unsung. So like a lot of people, they feel like once you get to that level where they're doing unsungs about you, like you're done. But to me, I feel like unsungs are important because they highlight the the artists that were important of their time, like at, at the time that they were popping, like and it and it makes us aware of things that we may or may not have known about you personally, because a lot of times like back then it wasn't it wasn't as easy to access somebody's life like it is today. We just hop on right. Instagram and I can see what you were doing two days ago. You know, you know, that's so funny that you say that because I was just talking to somebody about that and was like, back in the day, it was like, don't let people know who you are. Don't let them know that you're dating somebody like all those things. And now it's just so different. And um, for me, I feel like unsung is only done if you don't evolve. It's like, hey, this is the things in your life, either maybe some people might have passed or it might be a thing where some people are just like not doing their career the same and you see other people who are evolving or have evolved and doing more now than they were doing before. Right. So it just depends on the person. Yeah. But, but I, I just think it's cool because it's like you were able to do that and you were able to tap not only your, your same audience that you had, but a new audience because those are good shows. Like unsungs are, yeah. are really, really good. Um, so how long did it take you, like, how, how did they approach you to do that? And how long did it take you to say yes? Um, actually it took me a minute only because I'm pretty much a private person and I don't really like putting my life on blast, but I do some of it because I also feel like people have to feel like you're relatable as well. Mm-hmm. I said, they don't feel like if you're relatable, then it's like, well, I don't know you. That's just how they feel in this day and age. We're back in the day. Um, so it's like if people don't get a chance to know you or touch you. They don't feel like you're relatable. So it's like, that's probably why Cardi B does so good. Cause when people hear her or see her, they're like, oh my gosh, she keeps it so real. And so they, they really love that about her. Right. Right. I, I, I can say that I probably wouldn't have done it. I probably wouldn't have, you know, cause it takes courage to let the world know, you know, some obstacles that you're overcoming or, you know, that you've overcame and, you know, they may or may not be so flattering or so socially acceptable. A lot of people probably are that it it must have been terrifying putting yourself out there in that type of capacity, you know, for the world to see, you know, some of the things that you were going through at the time. Absolutely. And like, even to this day, it's like, I'm just not with, you know, as you can see, I really didn't make any announcements that you know, where I, what I had going on about my mom or anything. And I just don't just like, I feel like there has to be a part of your life that's private right? and that people don't get a chance to see all the time. And so that's just kind of where I'm at. So, but, um, I think people, you know, they probably would love to see that because like I said, it feels like it's relatable to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't necessarily like doing that. Right. And I, and myself, I, and I understand why. 
Yeah. Because you open yourself mm -hmm. up for any type of commentary because there's there's too much content on, on social media. There's too much content on the internet, period. And so right. you open yourself up in other ways that unthinkable and unfathomable. Like, people are crazy. So, right. See, and I know me because I'll get turned up and I'm like, <laughs> not. <laughs> people don't know that side of me because they don't see it very often, but. I try not to be that way because I want to give you love on you and give you, right. you know, love and be sweet to you. But when you push me too far, then I'm like, okay, look, I gave you three chances. Now I'm going to go off now. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I understand. So let's talk about um, celebrity wife swap. Um, uh -huh. How was that? <laughs> that you know experience? what? That was actually, you know what? That was fun. Um, actually stepping into somebody else's shoes. And it's funny because. It was like Laura was not having it. Kelly Williams, she was mm -hmm. not having it. When I had to feed her the, the healthy food, she was like, excuse me, are you really playing right now? And then she had to do the workout. Like when I looked back on it later, I was crying tears. So when I was on, um, when I was actually on the show, it was fun because Laura Kelly Williams, you know, she wasn't having it with the food. She was like, oh, I don't want to eat this healthy food because you seen the part where Chef Greg had made everybody like shrimp mm -hmm. and steak. And she was like, for real? I get this little um, Tokyo Express meal, <laughs> and then Marcus had her working out, so she was, like, agitated. She's like, I'm not trying to be doing all these sit-ups and stuff. What's really going on? So, you know. Was it so real? It was, what, this, is, was that how she really felt, or was she doing No, it she it? did. She really had an attitude. <laughs> That's funny, because I, I really thought for sure that she was just doing it for the, <laughs> for the cameras. You said what happened now? I, I, I thought she was doing it for the cameras. I didn't know she really honestly felt that way. Oh, no. She was irritated. She was like, I'm, I, look, I have two kids. I'm running around. I don't have time to be doing all this working out and all this right now. Because you know how you, even myself, you go through different phases in your life where I've had times where it's like, I don't feel like working out. But then I worked out because I knew the end result. And there was times where I was like, I'm not working out right now. I'm just going to watch my food. And then there was other times where I'm doing both when I did the fitness competition in like 2014. So it was one of those things where it just depends on the time in your life and everybody goes through life and changes and stuff like that. So you get it. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Mm -hmm. right. So um, as far as how the music industry is now compared to when it was when you first started, what is the biggest difference that you see? Um, the thing that I see is, like I said, is that people are like on social media, it's more open. They're streaming now where there wasn't streaming. Um, there was mom and pop stores. It was actual record stores that you could go through and go into and actually get a CD. There were cassette tapes. There were, you know, vinyl. Um, now it's kind of coming back to vinyl some because people are like really um, intrigued with that. Mm -hmm. And you can do digital downloads. So it's like people pick a song that they want off the album instead of a whole album where you remember you had to buy the whole album for right, 10, for $15, right. For the one song that you wanted. So you actually know what record sales were. There were barcodes and now there's barcodes, but there's digital sales. And if you get CDs, it's just a whole nother program. And then performing, um, performing wise, it's like at, in the nineties finally was new. And you're performing at the top of your game and you know it's 27 years later and you're still performing and actually blessed because people still like i said want to hear that same song but it's just a different generation of people and then you have your 40s folks it's like yo what's up i grew up with you boo. blah 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 you know so it just depends on the, the situation at the time right. you know right everybody kind of says like it's different 
you know, then it's way, way different. Not like well, subtle. It, it is because, you know, another thing is it's like not real singing. It's like sing songy. Like it's sing song. It's right. not like where you hear like big voices, like where there was the Shantae's and Kelly Price's and Rita Franklin's and, you know, which is another note today. It's like, it's really sad that she's not here right now. And, you know, mm-hmm. her, her service, you know, people going to her service today and yesterday. And, but <clears throat> one thing that you can say is that she left this world very loved and mm-hmm. that her music will live on, but it's like, you just don't get those voices like that. You're not going to get those kind of voices, the Whitney Houston's, the Aretha Franklin's, the Luther Vandross's no more. So Prince, like Michael Jackson, it's just, it just has made concerts totally different. And then sometimes you'll come out and do one or two songs. People are not doing full concerts. Like back in the day, you get a whole band. You know what I mean? It's just Mm -hmm. a different energy. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's crazy. Um, Rest in peace to Aretha because you know she 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 left behind a whole entire legacy and a whole entire catalog of songs that we all love and that right. we all you know we all know so it you know it's it's sad when we lose one it it hurts just as much as when we lost Whitney and Michael and Prince and it it hurts all the same you know Absolutely. And for me, like being able to have the experience, I sang her birthday party one year and just having that experience. And when I was doing that over you, she got up and started dancing. I was like, come on, Riri. (laughs) You know, she got up and danced with me. And it was like, you know, it's like as a child, you look at someone that you absolutely love and then they become close to you. Like I didn't know her as a personal friend, I can Mm -hmm. say, but as a peer in the music industry and being able to perform at her birthday party and, you know, like go to several events that she had like her last uh, Christmas party that she had I was there and Jesse and the four tops and all these people were there and you know I, no one said anything on social media but she wasn't there mm-hmm. and it was like hmm she must not be feeling well but nobody said anything because it's just like you know you just don't say anything right away when it's not your business right you know how you get jacked up like how why you say something mm-hmm. Craig <laughs> <Ain't nobody asking>. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah but at least you, you know, you got to, you got to be in her company. Oh man, I, I'm so thankful because she was such an icon and legend. And like I said, her music is forever. I was listening to it in the car. I was listening to Oh Me Oh My and Daydreaming and Ain't No Way, and I was just celebrating her in my own way mm-hmm. while I was driving to see my mom today. So, so let's talk about this tour. Okay, tell us what. Well, tell us whatever we need to know about it so we can support you. Well, I actually have several things going on. I have um, the I Love the 90s tour that I've been off and on. I did Camden. I did Ontario. I also have um, a show with Next and Kenny Lattimore coming up in Roanoke, Virginia, coming up September 15th. I'll be in September 8th. I'll be at the 79th Street Festival in Chicago. Um, so it's something they do every year. Like Mary Mary has been there. A couple of Think Tamla Man. Um, it's a charity that raises money for um, for the, the homes, for for elderly people mm-hmm. and then um so it's like being able to give back to the community is a beautiful thing um i have australia tour coming up in november um i end up indonesia rowan um, um was it uh, uh, uh rhode island new jersey mm-hmm. coming up atlanta pride so i'm pretty much moving if people follow me on social media on instagram facebook uh cc peniston on instagram the official cc peniston facebook fan page and then also the um the twitter is cc underscore peniston i kind of keep you know post about what i'm doing even your radio interview 
and some other radio interviews I have coming. In fact, I have one coming up shortly, so I got to wrap up here soon just because I got another one right after you. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out to be a part of the parlay. And we love you, Cece, and we wish you success and longevity and amazing shows and amazing shoes. And just... Girl, thank you, because you know I love them. I've loved them since I was a kid. My mama couldn't find me one day. She was like, where's this child at? Girl, why was I under the table with a whole bunch of shoes? And I was like, I've loved shoes ever since. If you see my clothes, you'd be like, girl, you ain't changed at all. So, but we, yes. we just really love you and we appreciate you and we love your music and we love what you've done, you know, for our culture. So thank you. It's my pleasure. And keep tuning in and thank you again. And uh, right. have a beautiful day. You All have right? a beautiful night too. Thank you so much. Shrifling shit and the people who do them. All right, all right, I'm back. And this is the part of the show where we just, you know, talk about people who do trifling shit. So um, this week, Joe Biden. Sir, sir, I just want to say, weren't you the same one that was accusing Mr. John McCain of being a traitor? and a prisoner of war, and a snitch, and all this other shit during the 2008 campaign um, that Obama was part of. The campaign, the election, whatever you want to call it. But he said those things about Mr. John McCain. And then at the funeral, you want to be all hysterical and cry and saying how good of a man he was and what he meant to America Now, how in the fuck does that make any sense when you said all those nasty things about him during the campaign in 2008? How come now you're not mentioning any of these things that you mentioned when he was with us, when he was alive? Um, Let us be labeled as a snitch and see what happens. Because I bet you nobody will be at our funerals talking about some, he was a good person, he was a great person. But um, I just I just want to leave you with that. I saw something so funny today, and it wasn't funny, but it was funny because you know a lot of people were saying that John McCain is evil and blah blah blah. And so there's a tweet that said, "Man, it's hot as fuck down here." So I'm just gonna leave you with that. And remember, everybody, mind your business and drink water. I'm out. See you next time. Bye.